Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host, Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you know us, we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fisted ahead and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So be sure to follow us on Twitter to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any hockey games, news, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So Sebastian, on today's podcast, we want to introduce our special guest, former U-Sport and NCAA head coach and currently the Canadian director of NutraZone Hockey, Marlon Mueller. Marlon, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. No, thanks for taking the time to jump on. So to kind of educate our listeners a little bit here beforehand, I kind of want to tell them who Marlon Mullart is. So before we ask you about your hockey life, which is something we love to do, I just wanted to just I look I looked you up when uh, when we all started communicating and I was like, wow. So you have over two decades of coaching experience, which includes a couple years at the Ohio State University, 11 years at the University of Guelph. You also are head coach at the University of Wisconsin at Eau Claire. Is that Eau Claire? Eau Claire, yeah. Eau Claire. So, uh, ask, yeah. Ask, ask our French guy. It's clear water. Eau Claire. Eau Claire. Head coach at University of Ontario Institute of Technology. Also the head coach of Team Canada 1999 World Student Games. And head coach of Port Perry Mojack during the 24-2015 season. Is, and I think you won the Central Ontario Championship there, correct? That's right. Yes, you did. Awesome. And then also head coach of one point of the Whitby Dunlops most recently. And talking about accomplishments, you've had two university championships in 94 and 97, four university finals in 93, 94, 95, and 97, two university silver medals in 94 and 95, and then one university championship in 97. That's a lot of winning. (laughs) Well, listen, a lot of losing went into a lot of that winning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, we... We all play hockey here. Some of our fans out there that might not play hockey definitely have their hockey favorites. And that's what makes winning so much more special is how often we all lose. <laughs> oh, that's it. You know, you got to you gotta go through the uh, the downs before you get to the ups. Like yeah. they say, right? I mean, you got to learn to lose before you learn to win. Well, there's a lot of truth in that. You know, it, it's not very often that a team just experiences success and nothing else but, you know, it's. The losing and the adversity and all of those things are they all go into championship teams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, kind of talking about you know the losing, the winning, and obviously your, you know, over two decades of coaching experience. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and you know and kind of your hockey life and you know what got us to today. Well, yeah, interesting. So I, I'm I'm a perfect example of that old quote: "Those that do do, and those that don't teach or coach." Because I was one god awful hockey player. I mean. You know, I, I loved it, and I grew up playing minor hockey and, and, and skating the ponds on the golf courses and the Humber River and wherever ice would freeze. But but if the 10,000-hour outlier rule is, in fact, true, it never worked for me because I didn't get any better. So when I was getting toward the end of my playing days in my late teens, I, I got involved in uh, just coaching young guys. Um, I think Pee Wee House League was the very first team I had, and I, I just kind of fell in love with coaching and, and uh, you know, jumped into uh, the NCCP, the National Coaching Certification Program, very early on at a young age when a lot of people were still resisting it, and uh, just had an opportunity to, uh, I mean, started out as a hockey trainer at the university level at Wilfrid Laurier University, and and then off to York University, where I finished my degree and got a chance to be an assistant hockey coach there. And that just when I decided to do a master's degree and uh, 
investigated Ohio University. They were actually looking for a coach, and uh, and that's how I ended up at Ohio University, and that kind of, I guess, launched my university coaching career. So it, it, there was a lot of good luck um, to go along with with the the hard work. You know, I had some some very good breaks to to get the jobs I did. A lot of good luck and a lot of sharp uniforms there. You mentioned Wilfred Laurier in York, and uh, Sebastian and I will be dropping a podcast episode later this month, probably towards the end of July, where we're ranking five U Sports jerseys. Both of those, if I'm not incorrect, both of those were on my top five. Wilfred Laurier, I think, was fifth, and York was fourth, truthfully, I think. If I, I'd have to go back and look, but uh, definitely look for that episode later in this month. But with, with all this hockey experience, what is one moment that really stands out in your coaching career? Oh, there are, you know, there are so many, um, you know, I, I mean, obviously, I think the Canadian Championship in 1997 at Maple Leaf Gardens and and it was the last major championship ever won in that arena. You know, uh, you know, that was a special one, but, but there were some big wins along the way that were equally as special to me that, that, you know, that never came with a championship. Like, uh, I remember at one of our nationals, um, you know, uh, beating the University of Western Mustangs in double overtime at Varsity Arena in Toronto um, in, in just what was probably the most gut-wrenching game I'd ever coached in. And, you know, I'll, I'll remember that to my grave. So, there's been a lot of great moments, you know, I, I've won with teams at different age groups and I'll tell you, one's just as special as the next They're When you win a championship, man, they're all good. That they are. And it, the, the Stanley cup was just raised recently and, and you have a lot of leagues around the world that have raised their cups uh, the KHL raised their cup, the USPHL and their different levels raised their cups all over the world. Uh, teams have been raising cups in the last several and, months. You know, I was really glad to see yeah, Tampa it, Bay won it, and their their president or CEO is a guy named Steve Griggs, who was a hockey player at Wilfrid Laurier. Oh, really? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So shout out to Steve Griggs and his uh, second championship in two years. Yeah, congratulations to the Tampa yeah. Bay Lightning for that. I know it's a little bit hurtful to a lot of the Montreal Canadiens fans up here in Canada because uh, that's where we're all currently talking out of. But, um, you know, Tampa Bay – they put together a heck of a team and yeah, back-to-back Stanley cups. Really just amazing during the COVID time frame. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, very tough. Winning one championship is tough to do, you know, winning two and in, in subsequent years, that's, you know, that, that's almost unheard of in these days. Yeah. So you, uh, you kind of, you already spoke about kind of what ultimately led you into coaching, but was, you know, was coaching always something that was on your radar, you know, growing up through hockey? Was it something like, you know, for me, um, I continue to coach just because I want to continue being in hockey. I want to continue being part of that family. What was kind of that, you know, at what kind of age group did you kind of click and say, you know, I'm going to continue in hockey any way I can? Yeah. Well, for me, it, it really, it was an epiphany moment. Um, you know, I was always in my mind headed off university for business. And I was at one of those university, meet the university functions at a local high school where all the universities came in. And, and I was just killing time. I had some time to kill. And there was a, a room for Wilfrid Laurier University. And I thought, well, I, I don't even know where Wilfrid Laurier is, but I'll pop in and check it out. And as I entered the room, they were just starting to play a movie um, on their physical education program. And I said, if you want to coach for a living, come to Wilfrid Laurier for phys ed. And I was in love with coaching kids. And I went, what? You can make your living at this? Okay, to hell with business. I'm going to take a at Wilford Laurie and be a hockey coach. So that was my epiphany moment right there. 
Yeah, and that's uh, honestly being staying in that hockey family is. I think sometimes once you leave it, even for a little bit of time, you realize how quickly or how much you miss that. And I think a lot of people, you know, we all know the hockey rink smell and we all know the locker room smell. And it's not something you think you'd miss. And then COVID happened and just walking back into an arena and getting that sweaty hockey bag smell <laughs> hit you in the face was actually probably one of the best smells I've I had in yeah. 2020. <laughs> Hard to it's, believe something that smells that bad can make you feel that good. Yeah, it's so true. And it's it, yeah. and it really is something you want to stay around for, for the rest of your life. And that's I think that's what keeps us in this podcast as well. We just love talking hockey. And so now you've moved on into scouting. We'll talk about the organization you're with right now. But what kind of led you into scouting out of coaching? Uh, well, yeah. So in between my um, tenure in uh, at the University of Wisconsin Eau Claire, and 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 uh, I took some some time off and, and came back to Ontario um, and got into the quote unquote real world with a real job prior to starting up the University of Ontario program. But during that time, I was looking to do something in hockey, so I went to work for a gentleman by the name of Mike Fuda, uh, who was the general manager of the Owen Sound Attack. And, and scouted for him two years at the OHL level uh, and then got back into the coaching. So when I got out of the coaching in 2014, I, I was looking to scout again um, just to stay involved in the game. I was done with the coaching. I didn't want to be back behind a bench. You know, I'd kind of I'd, I'd had enough of the coaching now after a couple of decades. But uh, the scouting just for me was a natural fit, a chance to, you know, watch the game I love, be around the hockey people, which I love. Um, but not have that day-to-day grind that a, that a coach has at the university level or at, at most levels. Yeah, because I know it's, it can definitely take its wear and tear on you. And Sebastian, our co-host here, is a, you're, you're pretty new into your coaching career. I mean, you've done a lot in the football and hockey world. So hockey itself, it's only been three. You know, I came, you know, came from a higher level football and just had to, you know, follow my passion. We just talked a little bit of scouting and Chris introduced you as, you know, the, the Canadian director for uh, Neutral Zone. So can you ex- please explain to our listeners, you know, what Neutral Zone is and what Neutral Zone does? We started out an idea in 2015. A couple of gentlemen, Brendan Collins was the hockey guy with the idea and Steve Wilk is our kind of owner uh, who was a hockey father. And, and Brendan's whole vision was to have um, uh, a web-based company that had scouts all over North America scouting purely amateur hockey players. And the idea behind it was at that time, there were some scouting services that parents would hire to write reports on their kids. But as you know, they're going to come with a degree of bias. So, so Brendan's idea was to create a company that had absolutely no bias. We don't work for parents. So we went out and we're scouting, you know, Major Bantam, minor midget, midget, tier two, junior A. And we're posting our unbiased reports, hence the name neutral, um, and, and just uh, offering our data to anybody who wanted to buy a monthly subscription. Um, so, you know, the whole challenge there was, you know, visibility and credibility. Well, we got, you know, real visible by having scouts in the ranks all over North America. Um, and seeing our NZ logo and, and posting on Twitter and, and letting people know who we were. And, and just over the five years, we've developed enough credibility in the game where we're kind of respected all over North America. And we've got upwards of 5,000 subscribers to our uh, website. So, 
you know, we, we've done really well in the five years that we've been up and running. And so that was the initial uh, game plan of neutral zone. But like every company, we evolve and we're now getting into uh, the fitness testing combines as well, which is another big initiative of ours. So we've got a couple of things going on, but they've been a great company to work for. And I've loved every minute of it. Yeah. And I know I've been following you guys probably since the beginning of this podcast. I was very familiar with who you guys were. I know uh, Ian Moran, the ex uh, penguin there. I think we follow each other there on Twitter. And yeah, he talks, really, yeah. like they love him in the United States, man. He, you know, he's an American hockey player. He was a grinder. He played a lot of years in the NHL. He was a, a great teammate. And, you know, he's been a big asset of ours for sure, being the face of neutral zone. Yeah, and it's 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 awesome to watch, and I like when he's doing. He does a lot of the videos in his cars, and he's talking about different things that happen, different players and stuff. So it's really cool to see. So what goes into ranking each player that can be found on NutriZone's websites and rankings? So we do a couple of different things. First of all, we often see these kids three, four, five times. I mean, there's kids we've had a dozen reports on. Every time we see them, they're they're given a game grade. Um, you know, an A plus would be an out of the world game right through A's, B pluses, B's to a, an average game B and kind of a C ranking. So that's strictly ba- uh, uh, game performance. But then when we look at a body of work over four or five games, now we put them into a star, a star ranking with, with a five star being the very best mark we can give a kid. And a five star would have to be a generational player, you know, a Sidney Crosby, a Connor McDavid type of player. Um, and then they work themselves down to four, seven, fives, four, five, four point oh's into the threes. And and that's based on where we we see them potentially as, um, you know, a, a, an NHL draft choice or a guy progressing up the career path, whether it's whether he's going major A or division one or 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 pro. So it's it's their star rating that we, we kind of settle on to rank a player and where we see his value. I like that that's how it's all set up. And I like everything that when you guys are talking about the fact that the neutral zone and anyone that's familiar with hockey knows what a neutral zone is, but the fact that being neutral, being part of the, you know, the first part of the the company name there, it's, it's good to have because you're right. There's a lot of companies out there where they can persuade a player or family to be ranked a little bit higher and having unbiased reports on these players just, adds to the validity of everything it does and it's important to these players because sometimes you might have all the talent in the world but if your parents don't have the money to get you noticed you might not get noticed so really cool really cool what you guys are doing there yeah and i think that's where the credibility comes in i think if we're gonna you know if we're gonna carry any weight with the division one and division three ncaa schools whether it's men or women or or junior teams they they've got to know that when they're reading a neutral zone report um, you know, it, it's not being influenced by parents or agents. It's strictly what we see and what we're reporting on. And, and that's where our, our credibility has been developed. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, you know, the credibility being developed and talking about kind of developing. The first time I went on to the Neutral Zone website, the first thing I really noticed was, you know, the big presence on your website for, you know, the women's game. So my question is, how is Neutral Zone working to expand and grow the women's side of hockey? Uh, we, we've tackled the women's side the same way we've tackled the men's side. We've got scouts all over North America. Uh, we're watching all of the amateur hockey. We're being at, we're at all the big tournaments, all the big events, and we're out there writing our reports, um, which are every bit as important to write as the men's because, you know, the, these girls, they're working hard. They're working towards something. Um, you know, uh, you know, there's a, 
you know, definitely college hockey is a goal of, of most women, but there's even now a couple of pro leagues that look like they just might hang on. And, and so, you know, as these women have something to shoot for, we want to be there scouting them as well. That's awesome because honestly, there are leagues out there right now. I know the little bit slightly divided right now in North America with the PWHPA and the NWHL, but regardless, they're both going to the same mission of having a professional hockey for women be an actual attainable goal for young girls that want to make hockey a career and knowing that they can get scouted and have an accurate report put out there on them is going to get them noticed by a college, whether D1 or D3. And I think even D2 still hanging on. Really? Well, there there are some D2 schools, but there's no D2 league. Okay. So so they they either have to apply to play up at the D1 level or down to the D3. Okay. Or play as an independent, but there are some D2 institutions, yeah. Yeah, and and so to get noticed by these organizations and these universities is critical and including in the U Sports area because if they can get noticed by D1 D3 U Sports they can launch themselves into something bigger and better. And I mean, if you anyone watched the recent NWHL draft on Twitch, they had players coming out of the U Sports and NCAA and, and elsewhere. So it, yeah. it was a great thing to see. Yeah, and it's only going to get better. I, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, at, sooner or later, it, it, it's going to take off and, and there's going to be a league that's firm and solid. And, and, and the sooner the better, in my mind. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for where the women's game is going, and there's I think they got the European Women's League over there, and the Jejunai Hakinai Liga over there in Russia, and so there's the opportunities are growing. So how can a player get involved or ranked or even noticed by NutriZone? Well, basically, basically we're we're out we're everywhere. We're we're if you're playing, if you're a guy, for instance, we'll, we'll stick with the guys here for a minute because that's my area. But but if you're playing minor hockey and you're playing at the AAA level. Uh, and, and playing in the leagues where where uh, you're going to get drafted from, then we're going to see, and we're not going to see most of the teams. We're going to see all of the teams, and you know we're 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 going to write you up. I mean, we don't write up every single kid on every single team, but we see every team and we write up those that we feel have the potential to move on. So uh, now we're not perfect. You know, we are going to miss kids like they all do. You know, and the message always to kids is if you don't get drafted, keep working. If your neutral zone doesn't scout you, keep working. Like, you know, you're always a prospect until you're not a prospect. But but for the for, by and large, we've got a, a crew of eight scouts here in Ontario, for instance, that cover this province real thoroughly. And there's not too many guys we don't see. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of guys that don't get scouted and still make huge NHL careers. And and, and unfortunately, with the most recent passing of Matisse Klevenik's he wasn't drafted, correct? He was just signed as a free agent. He, he, every team passed him, and he was, if I'm aware, right, he wasn't a drafted player. Yeah, I think he was signed as a free agent, came out of Sioux, USHL. But, you know, there's, like, every every night on the NHL, there's a story about some guy who's, you know, contributing greatly to a, a, a Stanley Cup contender who was not drafted when he was a, an 18-year-old. Um, yeah. And, and that's the way the game is. And that's one of the reasons we got into the fitness testing combines, by the way, um, is because there are some kids whose games are are that elevated at 18 that you can see their potential as a pro. Um, yeah. But to say, to say that you can judge all kids at 18 uh, is just not true. Just not true. Some kids won't find their game till 19, 20, 21. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, uh, 
as long as they're athletic and fit and keep working at their game, you never know when when that development really occurs. And as long as uh, they're still given a chance to compete, there's always a chance. Yeah, because there's even guys like uh, Martin. I think it was Martin St. Louis wasn't drafted and <laughs> talk about a career. Not a bad free agent yeah. signing out of the University of Vermont. Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah. Unbelievable. And so, yeah, and that's why it's great to have unbiased an organization like yours that can actually provide this information. And for any of those players listening, even though you might not be noticed or you might not get drafted, if you still have the dream and you think you want it, don't give it up. Keep going for it. There's there's kids that have gone pro that that were bypassed by Division One and had to go Division Three. Yeah. You know, the, the stories are endless. You know, the stories are endless. But, you know, there's you know, as long as the kids uh, keep working at their game hard and, and live the right way, they always have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, and I think it's, you know, I'm going to kind of go into kind of a, a bit of a side story here for my next question, but I think it's important to have some, you know, someone like Neutral Zone who is, like you said, neutral, you know, especially coming from the football side. You know, I would say I'm not throwing, trying to throw any, you know, shade or anything like that at any of the camps, but, you know, some of them, you know, it's a very much, uh, you know, if you pay the premium package, you'll be in the top 10. If you pay for the lower package, you know, we'll rank you, but don't expect to be up high. No matter what your numbers are, it it always seems, you know, the the players with the most money end up having the highest rankings. And and I think, you know, moving into hockey, it's it's refreshing. And I mean, we have a lot of different groups and people reach out to us, you know, Pigeonhole at the podcast and, you know, they want to be on or they want us to promote. And we, we don't always say yes to everybody. I mean, we, yeah. this is, you know, this is our passion. This is what we like to do. So we want to, you know, bring like-minded people on. And, you know, as soon as we kind of really started looking, digging deeper into neutral zone, everything was very much, like you said, it's very much of a, a neutral place for players to, you know, to get ranked. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a monthly subscription. So, you know, if teams are looking to get into neutral zone, they can absolutely go on your website. And that's kind of, I guess it's not really my next question, but just kind of an opportunity for you guys to kind of tell our listeners and, you know, coaches, scouts, whatever they are, where they can find neutral zone online. Yeah, we're, we're, we're very simple. It's www.neutralzone.net. And if you hop on and want to subscribe, you can see we have various packages, but but our packages are really, really fairly priced. Like there's an old term I use called hockey pimps. And you guys know what I'm talking about. These are the guys <laughs> that think they can reach into a parent's money and pull out their wallet because parents are goofy and want to spend money on their kids. And there's lots of hockey pimps ready to do that. Well, we, we're, we're the opposite of that. We go out of our way never to be seen as, yeah, I mean, we need to keep the lights on. Don't get me wrong, but we're not out to gouge anybody for money. Uh, we do have parents that are clients to our website, but they don't have influence over what we write. It's basically a matter of if you want to subscribe, subscribe. And if you don't, don't. And, and yet here we are. We've got Division One, Division Three teams. We've got player agents. We've got a couple NHL teams. We've got fans all over North America that are subscribing to our service. So we're doing something right. That's for sure. Yeah, no, and it, and it looks awesome. And it's really cool, honestly. Getting unbiased reports of what the actual skill set is for players is huge for teams. Absolutely huge because there's a lot of players out there. And as you said earlier in the podcast, sometimes they just might not be noticed in a game. Maybe there's one or two players that are really stand out, and there's a third or fourth or fifth person down, and you're not noticing them. Maybe they're just having an off month or two, and yeah. they're not getting well, noticed. And I appreciate your kind words about our company and the other thing people need to remember is that these teams um, that are looking for players they don't have limitless recruiting budgets they can't fly anywhere at any time over north america to see kids play 
So a service like ours where they can read about the kids prior and zero in on who they think might be a good fit, I mean, that becomes invaluable for them just on making sure that their, their recruiting and travel dollars are being spent the right way. Yep. Yeah, because uh, and, and for some some people have tabs and don't need neutral zone, but it's nice to say, okay, here's what our scouts thought of it. Here's what neutral zone thought of it. We're we're aligned in our thinking. So there's there's all sorts of benefits. Absolutely. And so for anyone that wants to learn a little bit more about neutral zone, definitely check out neutralzone.net. Neutralzone.net, yeah. Neutralzone.net and give them a look. And if you're a team out there looking to get a little bit more information on players, this is the place to go. Well, definitely give them a check out. Yeah, in five years, we're the number one independent amateur scouting company in North America, and we're proud of that. We're going to be around for a lot longer. That's awesome. We want to thank you for jumping on, Marlon. Anything else you want to say prior to us wrapping up the podcast? Just uh, the Stanley Cup's over. Hope everybody enjoys their summer, enjoys some uh, freedoms that uh, uh, may, may come with COVID disappearing here a little bit on us, and stay healthy. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for jumping on. So this was uh, Marlon, Chris, and Sebastian of Pigeon Hockey. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time.